This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. Despite value stocks being some of the best performers of 2022 and also of last year of 2021, it's hard to give up on the growth stocks. That's what happens when there's a long-term bull in any asset class. It's hard to think that something else might actually work better. So I just saw a tweet from my friend Charles Roteblut. He's uh, at the American Association of Individual Investors. I know some of you are members over there and check out their content. It's some very good uh stuff out there, especially for those of us who are value investors and longer term investors. And he said that Wealthfront announced it was dropping value from its smart beta strategy. And so I had to go check it out and see what that meant, because that doesn't sound good, right? Why right now in 2022, when value is actually working, are you dropping value as a component from your smart beta strategy? So they said that value was measured by book equity to market value ratio. And the reason they're dropping it is because it, quote, didn't account for a company's investment in intangible assets like research and development, brand value, and patents, which are all becoming increasingly important in today's economy, unquote. So... Yeah, they wanted to attract more growth stocks kind of in there, right? Because that's brand value, right? Patents, things like R&D. It's not it's not really looking at earnings or, you know, book equity. (laughs) It's looking at these things you can't quantify in that way. And those things are important. There is real value in branding the patents, the R&D and all of that. But I want to get those things in combination with, you know, earnings growth and uh, sales growth and other things that value investors like to look for. And I want to get them cheap, too. So I had to look and see what the smart beta strategy was. So it includes beta, dividend yield, momentum and volatility. And now they're putting profitability in instead of value. They're replacing the value with profitability. So. Um, that apparently is going to look or allow you to access things like brand value and patents because it's going to look at profitability. So it's not totally dooming on the value part because they're putting the profitability in there, but I, I don't like it that they're removing the value. Neither did Charles, which is why he tweeted it out, because he didn't think that that's going to end real good for most investors either. Now, Wealthfront has these set strategies. They target millennial investors, and Wealthfront was just bought out by UBS, who wants to tap into all those millennial investors. So why not just buy out the whole company, which is what they did? But everything that you know Wealthfront is doing and some of the... Uh, Other attacks that I've been seeing recently on value stocks, once again, even though they are the best performers in 2022, this is a reminder that it's hard to be a value investor. You will be mocked. You will be trolled. I'm I'm now being trolled in 2022 on various websites on StockTwits and Twitter. I'm laughed at. I'm still called out of touch. Now I know what Warren Buffett feels like every, you know, five to 10 years when he's called old and you know, that he's lost his touch and all of that. 
because that's inevitable. Um, j- just happened to him two years ago in 2020 when he sold all those airline stocks for losses, right? He was he was mocked for that. But we all know as value investors that many of these so-called boring stocks that are value investing right now are indeed where it's at. And I thought I'd take a look back at some of the stocks we've talked about in the last year or two on the Value Investor Podcast. These are just kind of off the top of my head. I know we've talked about them. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what's going on in their industries and what is good about these value stocks right now. And then I'm going to look at a couple value stocks that haven't been so great that I know we've talked about in the last year, too, because we have to be fair, not all value stocks are working right now. Some of them have sold off as well in even 2021 into 2022. But I want to look at what is going on with those and whether or not they may be, uh, you know, there might be a buying opportunity in some of those versus some of these growth stocks that have pulled back. So let's just dive into a couple of these stocks we've talked about in the past, why they're working and why value is still on top right now in 2022. So the first one I want to look at is Comerica, ticker CMA. We've talked about it numerous times on the podcast um, because it kept coming up as a number one. It's a Texas regional bank. They also have a business in Michigan. I used to have a Comerica account when I first went to University of Michigan back in the day. That was the local bank right on campus. So that's how I got Comerica. I had no idea it was a Texas bank because it was big in Michigan. But I have used Comerica uh, locations when I've been down in Texas before, as I'm sure many of you have. So Comerica, ticker CMA, over the last year, it's up 58% over the last year. Uh, that's versus 17% on the S&P 500 now over the last year and just 3.1% on the NASDAQ. So yeah, the banks are kind of boring. Everybody agrees, right? But that's not so boring, 58%. Now it is trading with a dividend of 16.4 now. That's on the high end of most banks and it is on the high end for Comerica. Dividend is yielding 2.7%, so I do like the dividend. That's pretty nice. But I am a little concerned about valuations now with some of the regional banks. They've had nice runs here. And while I expect earnings growth to still be there over the next couple of years, um, it's getting a little bit ahead of themselves, I feel, at this moment. So um, I'm waiting to see if there's going to be some kind of pullback in some of these. But Instead, they're they're kind of breaking out here as the 10-year yield rises here. So um, I own some of the banks. I don't own Comerica, but I own others. And I'm kind of on the sidelines right here waiting for some weakness to add to my position. So uh, banks, all, many of the banks we've talked about on the podcast over the last year, they're performing well, and Comerica was one of those. So switching to another so-called boring area insurance. We've talked about MetLife in the past, ticker MET. Over the last year, these shares are up about 30%. Again, that's beating the S&P 500 now up 17. So the boring insurers have been busting out and MetLife is busting out. It's actually still pretty cheap. PE of 9.5. So under 10 on the PE Dividend yielding 2.7%. 
So not a bad time maybe to look at some of these insurers that have been cheap because this is coming back into favor now too. So MetLife, MET, still holding up well. Then we talked about the fertilizers over the last year. And one we've talked about several times, Mosaic, ticker MOS. They actually haven't reported earnings yet, so we're still waiting. This is like the beginning of February 2022. I think they're reporting more towards the end of February. So we'll see what they say there. But these shares also busting out over the last year, up 54.5%. So that's not, not too shabby. Totally crushing on the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. PE is now five, five times for Mosaic because the E has been rising on these fertilizers. The uh, potassium, the potash, uh, potash, however you pronounce it. I say this every time on this podcast whenever I do the fertilizers. I should listen in on their conference call, right? So I get the the lingo correct. Um, But they... Um, all those are at uh, multi-year highs. There's still strong demand from the farmers. Should be a good quarter and upcoming quarters as well for the fertilizers. I still like the group even after this run, but we'll see what they're saying on their outlook for the rest of the year. Now, Mosaic does pay a dividend, but it's a little paltry, but you get something. It's just yielding 0.7%, so not even 1% on Mosaic here. But we'll see what they're going to do with all the cash that they're generating, whether or not they do a special dividend, a share buyback, or raise that dividend. We'll see on Mosaic, ticker MOS. And then sticking with agriculture, we've talked about the Andersons, my favorite um, kind of agriculture company, like agribusiness is what it's called. So they sell fertilizers to the farmers, but they don't manufacture the fertilizers. But this is still big business for them. They're a distributor, like a chemical distributor would be. Um, So again, not manufacturing it, but distributing it. They also have grain storage. They have over 70 Uh, facilities around the Midwest. So that's a big part of their business. Also ethanol. These shares are up 44.6% over the last year. The Anderson's ticker A-N-D-E, if I didn't say what the ticker is, A-N-D-E. P-E is still fairly attractive at 16.7 and they do pay a dividend. They are pretty good at being shareholder friendly and it's yielding 1.9% now because these shares have rallied. Now, they pulled back a little bit on the shares, but they look like they're trying to bust out again. So this is one to watch. Um, If you can get it a little cheaper, then um, that's good. But the Andersons is, um, you know, still has the momentum because agriculture is still hot here. But the whole agriculture industry being ignored by the street, they've discovered energy, but they're still ignoring agriculture. So I like that as a value investor. I like being in contrarian plays. And fertilizers and anything with agriculture is contrarian right now, still, still undiscovered. So that's number four. Our number five stock is one of the energies. We've talked about them off and on over the last year, two years, five years, the whole time we've done the podcast because they've been values basically the whole time. But we have talked about Diamondback Energy, ticker F-A-N-G, FANG, F-A-N-G, They are one of the big uh, 
explorers and producers in the Permian Basin. And these shares, because we all do know that energy has been red hot, are now up 80% over the last year. Still cheap PE at 6.6 because that E is rapidly rising. You got crude up above $90 now and natural gas at high levels. So Diamondback really generating those earnings and free cash flows. It is paying a dividend yielding 1.6%, but a lot of these bigger producers are paying special dividends with all this free cash flow. So be sure you check out with each of these um, individual, uh, you know, on their conference calls and in their earnings reports, what the special dividends are going to be like or the share buybacks that they're doing or a combination of both, because some of them are, uh, you know, pledging to pay out 60% or 80% of their free cash flow in this year in 2022 back to shareholders. So these shares are near those highs. They'll uh, occasionally get a, a nice pullback, 10% or even 20%. There was a 20% pullback last summer, for instance, in Diamondback. That was a buying opportunity, but uh, you know they go kind of up and down, a little volatile here. So you probably get another one, and that's when maybe you want to add to some positions in any of your energy stocks. So these are areas that have been working on the value side. So all the growth investors who, you know, are diving back into those growth stocks, good for them. That's what they should do on big pullbacks, right? But value still cheap, even with the rallies that are going on, that's a bullish sign. They've got the momentum not to the downside, to the upside, and they have the fundamentals still, still with the fundamentals. But let's talk about the ones that have not worked over the last year that we've talked about on the show. So the first group would be the home builders, right? So I pulled out Toll Brothers. We've talked about it. It's been on numerous podcasts, ticker T-O-L. It's still dirt cheap, has a PE of 5.6. The peg is still 0.2. It's paying a dividend, which is actually a little bit higher right now because the shares have pulled back. So the dividend is yielding 1.2%. It was under 1% for a while there. But year to date, these shares are now down 20% on Toll Brothers because every tick of the 10-year higher means that mortgage rates are mostly going higher. And the street knows too well what happens when the mortgage rates rise Housing usually slows down. And the last time we went from uh, the mid threes on mortgage rates to about 5% mortgage rates was in 2018. And the home builder stocks fell 30% in that time period. Even though, you know, sales still remained fairly strong, they did see a slowdown. And it wasn't any kind of crash like the Great Recession housing bust by any means. But the street remembers this from just four years ago. So they've already been selling, um, you know, these shares over the last several months, not just in 2022. Over the last year, toll is up only 2%. So they saw the big rally in 2020 when demand spiked on the pandemic. And then they basically haven't really gone anywhere in the last year or so. And the street just doesn't trust 
that these earnings are going to hold up as those mortgage rates rise. Also, they just think everybody's bought a house. How many more people are out there <laughs> willing to buy? But we know millennials, the largest generation in U.S. history, is out there in force buying. So we have the millennials. We also have downsizing baby boomers, the second largest generation who are selling their homes in one part of the country, moving to another part of the country, and they want new too. So they're buying from Toll Brothers and the other home builders too in the hot southeast cities and the hot west coast cities, especially like Boise. Um, these are the areas where all the home builders are doing well. So I took a look at their estimates because Toll Brothers reported earnings a while ago and none of the estimates have been cut um, yet. So no, none of the analysts are bearish going forward because as the home builders have been reporting during this earnings season, they're all still bullish. They're not seeing any slowdown and their margins are holding up or still rising. So they still have pricing power. Everything is still the same, but out there looming are higher mortgage rates. And I think they're up to about 375 now, maybe 38. And so with four looming, I feel that these uh, home builder stocks are going to get hit when we finally do get a 30 year fixed at about 4% even if it doesn't impact their business, which they're claiming it will not. These are some of the best qualified buyers they've had in 20 years with large down payments. So, um, you know, what will it take on the mortgage side? Obviously, you start to get up to 4.25, 4.5 or higher. It will slow the housing market. It's just inevitable. So I'm on the sidelines with a lot of the home builders. I sold my own home builder in my own personal portfolio. I sold Toll and um, MDC Holdings out of the value investor, even though everything is still looking good. We had some gains in those stocks, so I took the gains, and I'm going to wait on the sidelines and see if these come down even further and are even juicier, and then we may get back in. But for now, um, we're on the sidelines with the home builders. The other area that's dirt cheap that I've talked about many times are the auto retailers. And it's kind of a similar story to the home builders. The earnings still look good for all of the auto retailers. We started to get these earnings reports rolling in now and the street doesn't believe it. They think it's peak earnings. They think everybody's bought their cars. How many more car buyers are there out there? Um, but apparently there's a lot. And so they, they're, they're bearish going forward here. So I wanted to take a look at Lithia. Lithia Motors, we've talked about it many times on the podcast, ticker LAD. Over the last year, these shares are down 16.5%. They were down 20%, but we've got a little mini rally going on. Year to date, they're up 6.2. That's the mini rally. It's just been happening recently. As I'm reporting this on February 9th, 2022, um, Lithia just reported earnings and it was another beat, another record fourth quarter and full year. We know they crushed it in 2021 and Lithia did. And um, I just can't believe some of the numbers. And that's what the street can't believe it either. Like just the sheer year over year gains that they're seeing. Um, 
you know, every quarter, the demand for both new and used cars is not abating. Lithia has a nice online business now called Driveway, where you can just buy your car online. That is not taking sales away from their brick and mortar stores is what they've been saying. So that's a positive. That's like a Carvana type of competitor. And that's been performing better than they've anticipated all year. And so that's kind of hot going into 2022. These shares are still cheap with the PE of eight. They have a peg of 0.4. They pay a dividend yielding 0.5% here. I think they might have raised it. I can't remember now. I, I looked quickly at the earnings report. So um, good free cash flow with a lot of these auto retailers. I also saw the report of Penske Auto. PAG is the ticker for that one. And they raised their dividend four times in 2021. Every single quarter they raised. Now, it might have only been a penny, but still impressive to raise every quarter. And they just raised to start 2022. So that's five uh, dividend increases in five quarters now. Impressive from Penske as well. They also had a record quarter and a record year. But the question is, what's going to happen in 2022 here? So Lithia, before this earnings report, the analysts expected earnings to de decline 2% in 2022. They already were expecting it cannot stay this hot. But a 2% decline off a record year, that's, that's not too shabby, <laughs> right? But we don't know uh, what they will do now that the earnings are in, now that we might got guidance from Lithia about what the year is going to look like. That may change. Maybe they will see earnings growth in 2022, even if it's a small amount. They may still see earnings growth again for this year. So these are the things that we have to watch to see if it's a value trap or not. But um, still dirt cheap. But that doesn't mean the stock is really going to go anywhere because this uncertainty about peak earnings is still out there. Same with Toll Brothers. So I would like it if some of these stocks would like break down all the way, get a lot cheaper, then that is a good buying opportunity for me to wipe out all those who are just kind of like, you know, uh, not 100% in, let's, let's say. And we wipe out everybody. And then those of us who know the good fundamentals are there, then that's when we'll get in. But um, for now, I'm kind of just watching these auto retailers. I do own Penske in the value investor here at Zacks. We've owned it for a while now. I think we bought it in 2020. So um, we've been riding it up. It it's, hasn't gone anywhere, in it, but it's not breaking down either. So we're just hanging out in it and getting our dividends. Um, but this is an area I'm watching closely because the Zach's ranks still look good on all of these, including the home builders. And so they're showing up in my screens, but they're a little bit dubious here in 2022. And so we're waiting on those. But I'd rather be a little dubious on some of these cheap stocks and what they may do here in 2022 than uh, be buying some of the gross stocks that, yeah, they've gotten cheaper. But going from, you know, 30 times earnings to 22 times earnings doesn't really float my boat as much as a value investor. Now, I have been watching the fangs and I will do an episode on the fangs again because we have covered them, whether or not they have some value in there. 
And um, we've seen some big pullbacks in some of the fangs. So there may be some interesting things going on with some of the fangs or the fang men, even the longer fang men. Um, but for now, there's plenty going on in true value stocks like dirt cheap on a PE basis or even price sales and the other fundamentals we look at pegs. So we've got good fundamentals. We have earnings growth. We've got good Zacks ranks. Some of them are busting out. It is hard to buy some of these stocks on the breakouts, but they've been so depressed for so many years that, um, you know, they're finally getting their day in the sun. And that's a good thing for those of us who are value investors. So everybody else can be still turning their back on value. I like it, as I've said many times, when value is still uh, being mocked and when I'm still being trolled, I guess it'll be, you know, a, a sign when everybody is jumping on the value bandwagon that maybe the value rally is over. But for right now, they're not. We have Wealthfront even, you know, jumping out instead of jumping in. Um, a little bit of maybe overbuying in the energy stocks now, but I don't see anything similar happening in agriculture, um, insurance for sure not. And even the banks, even these banks that have had big runs, nobody really cares. They're not really talking about them. Um, they may talk about, you know, the big four like Bank of America and JP Morgan, occasionally a regional bank, but otherwise nobody cares. So we love it when nobody cares, but the stock is cheap and the fundamentals look good. So 2022, I've been saying, is a super exciting year for value investors, and it's still remaining so. So keep the discipline, keep your eyes focused on the cheap stocks, and um, you know, get out there when you think that there's a good deal. So let me recap the stocks again that we talked about. So there was Comerica, CMA. It's getting a little pricey for me here. I'm waiting for some pullbacks on these banks. There's MetLife. Uh, nobody's been talking about that one. Ticker MET on the insurance side. Uh, Mosaic on the fertilizer side. Ticker MOS. Still nobody's talking about the fertilizers. I haven't even seen them mentioned anywhere. The Andersons, for sure, nobody's talking about it. It's a small cap on the agriculture side, A-N-D-E. Then we had Diamondback Energy on the energy side. I feel like it's a little overbought here. It's, it's been the hottest sector again to start 2022, um, ticker F-A-N-G. I'm waiting for some pullbacks on some of these stocks, maybe to add to positions. Then we had Home Builders, Toll, T-O-L. We had Lithia on the auto retailers, L-A-D. And then we had uh, Penske, as I mentioned them, P-A-G is the ticker there. So as always, you want to be sure you're getting the Value Investor Podcast because there's a lot going on and you can get us on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. They got all those podcasts over there on Amazon Music now. And we're on SoundCloud with the Zach's Market Edge. You might want to get both shows because I do do stock picks on both shows. So you can get two for one on SoundCloud. Just search for Zach's Market Edge on SoundCloud and you'll get them all there. But be sure to get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. 
This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.